Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this week comes from Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to teach him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave to all. But the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. <clears throat> Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This past week, I attended a funeral for a seminary friend online. I was grateful for the opportunity to attend a service in eastern South Dakota all the way here from western Montana. And I wholeheartedly believe that God has used our experiences of disruptions and pandemic shutdowns to push our ministries across greater distances through new technologies, whether we like it or not. This week, at least, I was grateful for the technological changes that have been thrust upon us. I got to know Pastor Dan as we traveled all the way from Wisconsin to Wenatchee during a month-long January course and seminary that was hosted at Holden Village, um, at our Lutheran retreat center in an old copper mining village just a few miles up from Lake Chelan in Washington. Incidentally, uh, taking the train across Montana was the last time that I traveled to the Treasure State before moving here to be your pastor. So. <clears throat> I came to enjoy Pastor Dan's great sense of humor, his quiet charm, and his good heart. Well, at least his good heart for ministry. As it turned out, his physical heart was not so good. I'd known that he had health problems, but I did not know they were quite as bad as they were. He left this world at the mere age of 42, leaving behind his wife and two teenage daughters. 
The Lord works in mysterious ways, sometimes for good, and sometimes in ways that do not seem so good. In Pastor Dan's service, his mother told an incredible story from when he was five years old. At that young age, he was slated to have his third open heart surgery. She said he was kind of nervous, as might be expected, but he's, he was also surprisingly accepting of the situation for a boy of his age. As they waited for surgery, she held his hand and prayed with him, and she did her best to keep him calm amidst the high anxiety that open heart surgery naturally inspires in anyone of any age. Eventually, the nurses came in to prepare Dan for surgery, and the anesthesiologist administered his sedative. Now Dan quickly drifted off for a moment, but then out of nowhere, he woke up as they were rolling him down the hallway and began belting at the top of his lungs. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. <laughs> all through the hallway, Psalm 8 could be heard by patients and doctors alike, channeled through this five-year-old boy who could not help but serenade them with scripture through the melody of Michael W. Smith. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. His voice kept blaring as they rolled him through the doors to the operating area. And his mom could still hear his loud voice singing. Oh Lord, we magnify your name. Oh Lord, we magnify. Eventually, the sedative won out. <laughs> and the young boy's evangelism to the hospital corridor was silenced. Yet his witness remained. Here he was, a five-year-old boy about to have his heart cut open in the hopes of repairing it. And instead of lamenting the situation and crying out in frustration, why God? This young soul sang at the top of his sedated lungs. Oh, Lord, we magnify your name. Oh, Lord, we magnify your name. A powerful witness to the greatness of the gospel, if there ever was one. Juxtaposed to a five-year-old singing psalms on his way to surgery, we hear this week about two brothers, James and John, trying to hobnob their way into the greatness and glory of God. Our passage begins with these two sons of thunder, as the brothers were described elsewhere in the Gospels, coming to Jesus and saying presumptuously, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. That's kind of a crazy thing to ask of the Messiah, right? They recognized his authority in the moment, but then straight away tried to bamboozle Jesus into acquiescing to their, their request. It is as if my son came up and said, Dad, 
I want you to buy me any toy I want, no matter how expensive. <laughs> or my wife coming up and saying, Husband, I want to get away for the weekend. But let me choose where we go in the world, the hotel we stay at, no matter the cost, and where we eat, whether you like the entrees or not. If I were to say yes to these kinds of requests, I might be biting off more than I could chew or pay for. <laughs> but that is pretty much what James and John expected of Jesus. By the way, Jen is great. I would never do that to me. Otto, on the other hand. <laughs> it was incredibly presumptuous of James and John to expect Jesus to give in to such an open-ended request. As we want you, as saying, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. I guess James and John thought pretty highly of themselves. Well, Jesus did not really give in right away. And then he outsmarted them in turn. He said to them, what is it you want me to do for you? He did not give in to the trap set by his two disciples or even show that he assumed their request would be reasonable. Instead, he knew that he needed more information from these two self-righteous brothers before he could respond. So he turned it back on them. They said, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Now the brothers were already in the inner circle. The Gospels indicate that Jesus actually had dozens and dozens of disciples if not hundreds of disciples, following him as he traveled and taught. Yet out of these presumably hundreds of disciples, he chose 12 to represent the 12 tribes of Israel as his inner crew of disciples. James and John were already part of this inner group that was closest to Jesus, but they wanted more. They wanted to be glorified for all eternity right next to their leader, who they were just sure loved them the best. So they took their shot, and they asked to sit at his right hand and his left hand in his glorious reign. Now naturally, seeing all this transpire, the other ten disciples became pretty upset with James and John. Who did these two think that they were? Just because they are brothers, they think they are better than the rest of us? Where did they get off? The other ten were angry. So much so that Jesus saw their resentment against the two, seeking greatness. And Jesus knew that he knew, needed to address their rage. So Jesus called to them and said, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them. And their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus put them in their place. James and John had sought to elevate themselves by beating the other ten to the punch. They sought their own glory 
And they did what they could to earn, earn it for themselves. But this was exactly the opposite of what Jesus calls great. Their self-glorification was in service of themselves. And Jesus said that they should instead look to the needs of others if they truly wish to follow God's will in the world and be glorified in God's eye. Greatness in the kingdom of God is wholly different than what the world considers great and good. The world glorifies fame, celebrity, authority, wealth, power, charisma, and control. God, on the other hand, desires for us to take care of each other more than we take care of ourselves, to be generous with what we own, to seek to support others more than be praised ourselves, and to give up power and control, even if we make ourselves vulnerable in the process. For this is the way of Christ, the Son of Man, who had all the power in his divine grasp. But instead, he emptied himself to become human and die a torturous death so that we would not have to. Jesus' life and death on earth was the great outpouring of God's love. And Jesus was glorified through his sacrifice for others' sake, not by what he earned or puffed up for himself. His life and death was the great self-sacrifice of God and the ultimate display of the glorification that Jesus is talking about. In a way, Jesus' life in our world and death on our crosses was kind of like little Pastor Dan singing Psalm 8 at the top of his lungs, glorifying God as he was about to be cut open. Sure, Dan survived his surgery and lived for several decades, <clears throat> several decades more. But he did not fill that hospital hallway with scripture to glorify himself. He gave of his voice so that God could be glorified, even as he faced his own mortality. May we all glorify God just as joyfully as we face our own mortal moments in life. And may we seek to be like Christ every day, giving of ourselves so that others may be served and glorified as much or even more than ourselves. This is the way of God. And when we all serve the Lord and serve one another more than ourselves, the world is better for it. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.